Welcome to today's episode of Documenting History, where today we're going to discuss everything that Trump's been doing this week. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Um, last episode, we talked about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what that could mean for the Supreme Court. And we were hypothesizing as to who Trump might nominate. And it turns out he has nominated somebody, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. And her nomination is <laughs> her nomination is clouded in controversy. So let's talk a little bit about her and the things she has done historically as a judge. All right. Um, Amy Coney Barrett started out actually as a clerk to Justice Silverman and, or sorry, Judge Silverman and Justice Scalia. Um, and she served as a law professor at Notre Dame for about 15 years. After that, in 2017, Trump nominated her to the Federal Court of Appeals of the Seventh Circuit, um, which is a position that she's holding right now. Um, if she's confirmed, she will be the youngest justice on the Supreme Court, meaning that she could shape laws for generations to come. All right, let's talk about some of, um, some of the statements that um, Barrett has made in reference to particular topics. First, we have abortion. Historically, she has been very critical of Roe v. Wade. Um, although she, she did not suggest that the court would overturn the law, she said that the co court might hollow out the decision, making um, leaving the decision as to how readily ab available abortion is um, to each state. She also signed statements saying she believes life begins at conception. She is a devout Catholic and she has a history of letting her faith influence her views. So already, we're not off to the best start. Next comes the Affordable Care Act. Um, the court, the Supreme Court, will actually hear a case challenging this Affordable Care Act in November. And Judge Barrett has been historically critical of Justice Roberts, who upheld the law. Um, on to... You have well, that's to interesting because Roberts is the chief justice. So is the chief justice. I don't know if that's, a, that's an interesting thing to try to attack your like leader there. Yeah. Well, um, back in the Obama in administration, he was pretty famous for actually saving Obamacare. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, see how, how that plays out when how he, another um, hearing. Hmm? We'll see how he gets along with her. Yeah. Um, next. She has voiced that the Second Amendment does not prevent people with felonies from owning guns, which is a concerning belief, in my opinion. And she has also declared laws um, that were contradictory to this as unconstitutional. Oh, now, I didn't know about that. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I don't even, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not sure if even Trump believes that. I mean, it's an interesting topic because I've never, for some reason, I've never heard of like that even being a possibility. It, no. In my brain, I was automatically like, no, they shouldn't own guns. But apparently, yeah, Judge Barrett thinks that they should. And I have selected a very nice quote from Judge Barrett because um, something that a lot of people have been concerned about is her allowing her faith and views to influence her decisions. And so, Here's something that she wrote in 2013. Quote, I tend to agree with those who say that it is a justice's duty uh, to the Constitution and that it is thus more legitimate for her to enforce her best understanding of the Constitution 
rather than a precedent she thinks clearly in conflict with it. And this essentially means that she should base her decisions off of her personal beliefs rather than what has been historically um, support what, it, what the Supreme Court has historically ruled. So laws like Roe v. Wade that have been in place for a very long time, she believes that it is not the precedent that determines whether those should be overturned, but a justice's beliefs. That is worrying, to say the least. Yes, what, always, what also worries me is that maybe Trump's beliefs might get put in this too, because she's kind of, um, he's the whole reason she's like a judge before she was a professor. Yeah, well, he nominated She's kind of like endowed to him. And he, she's the reason, or he's the reason that she even has her job. So I feel like she's kind of just so intertwined with him that I'm concerned that even if he doesn't get reelected, that he can still have his voice in American politics. Yeah, well, it is, it's ironic because Trump, Trump's speech nominating her, we know that he has not been the nicest to women in the past. He said she is a woman of high intellect, high experience, high skill, and will be an amazing candidate to fill the spot of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I just, oh, um, this is also, this isn't about Judge Barrett, but I thought it important to mention that Ruth Bader Ginsburg unfortunately passed away last Friday. And within days, Trump was selling fill that seat t-shirts. <laughs> well, I guess as a little segue, my new favorite piece of Biden merch is the I've paid more taxes than the <laughs> Yeah. So our second thing that Trump has going on this week is his tax returns. <laughs> so the New York Times releases tax returns, and there's some very interesting little things that I pulled out and wrote down here <laughs> to share. So my favorite is that um, in 2016 and 2017, Trump paid $750 each year in federal income tax, which is not a lot. I believe minimum wage workers pay more than that. Yeah. And some of the ways that he got to that point are very interesting, like $70,000 in deductions for doing his hair or um, paying Ivanka as a consultant. And the IRS has the statistic that the average tax, um, the average tax filer pays about $12,200 in taxes, which is 16 times more than the president. And that's not counting the years where he paid zero in, in taxes, which CNN said is 10 out of um, 15 years starting in 20. 2000. Well, one of the things about um, that Trump supporters like to comment about him is that he is a good businessman. And yet, how does the only possible legal way for someone to pay $750 in taxes is if they're um, running their businesses into the ground? Yeah. That, yeah. My question is, if he's running America like a business, is this is this the business we want America to be? Uh, exactly. That lying scandals, like that's that doesn't make a good business. Like you can say that all you want, but I don't think you'd want that. And beyond just the tax returns, we also learned about different loans he has, where there's about three hundred million dollars in loans that are supposed to be repaid in twenty twenty four, 
and they're for like his different prop properties like his hotels and golf courses and such that he didn't have the money to pay for very interesting even though he's a billionaire air quote billionaire (laughs) (laughs) and the new york times says that he paid about 400 million dollars less than he should have in taxes um during the last two 20 years (laughs) but what i find the most interesting is in these times, he was paying barely any of American taxes, but he was paying taxes in other countries still. So in India, he paid $145,000 in taxes, and in the Philippines, $156,000 in taxes. What? So he's helping other countries and their economy, their, you know, all the things that taxes support, you know, the benefits, the programs, but he won't do it in the U.S.? I mean, that doesn't show, like, he's supposed to be so patriotic and he doesn't even care about, like, America's infrastructure. Um, do you have any figures on, like, other political figures and how many taxes they pay? I don't, but I saw something on TikTok, I think. <laughs> that <laughs> it, was, it was a picture of some source. I don't have the correct, like, things, but I think Joe Biden was, like, three... Three million, and then yeah. Kamala Harris was like five hundred thousand. I also Bernie saw Harris, that on Twitter, like three hundred thousand, and there was someone else that was also in the multiple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. So I mean, Joe Biden, his running mate, or not running mate, his running mate, his, <laughs> his running, that would be an interesting world if they were running mate. But I mean, I want to see what Joe Biden does at the debate. I believe tomorrow, tomorrow night. When he's paid millions more in taxes than the president. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's inevitably going to be brought up as well as everything that has happened within the last few weeks that has been crazy and going on with Trump. Should be a good debate. I know. Hopefully we'll have some content for next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, one more thing I'd like to add is I think Biden's making like a pop socket with the I paid more tra- t- taxes than Trump. And it oh. is... Seven dollars and fifty cents. So, oh, no. <laughs> I want to some respect for my man Joe. His like PR team or whatever, whoever is in charge of that. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, Trump has done some interesting things this week. Um, and yeah, we'll see how that plays out. How that affects his campaign if he loses support of his followers. Probably yeah. not how it affects um, him in the polls, because it is known that Trump is, um, Biden are very close in multiple states. They're close in Arizona. They're very close in Texas. There's a a chance that Texas will turn blue, which is a historical thing. Wow. So we will see what happens in the next couple weeks. Be back soon with another episode of Documenting History. Thank you. Bye.